Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 371 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her nutrition. We have a terrific show. Just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils customized just for women. To learn more, hop on over to smartypantsvitamins.com. Now, here's your first reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because we love hearing from you. Your feedback's where it's at. All right, it's time for her. Her, the podcast, the naked truth about women, her mind, her body, her life. It's all about her. So today we have Heidi Skolnick on to talk about a book that she co-wrote with Stephen Perrine. And the book is called The Whole Body Reset. And what I really wanted to do was have Heidi really look at women, the specific journey that women take with nutrition um, as they go through life. So who is Heidi? Well, you probably already know her because she's been on the Today Show God knows how many times. Um, Good Morning America, the early show. Um, And she is a great on-camera expert as a registered dietitian who absolutely totally gets it. She's a thought leader in nutrition and she has also been part of the Women's Sports Medicine Center um, at the Hospital for Special Surgery for over 20 years. Um, and she oversees the performance nutrition program at the Juilliard School and the School of American Ballet and consulted with numerous Broadway shows, keeping everybody in good shape and making certain that the New York Knicks, the Giants, and the Mets are in good shape. Hey, you, she's a fellow of the American College of Sports Medicine, where you know that I am on the board of that wonderful organization. She's earned two master's degrees in exercise physiology and human nutrition, and she totally gets it. Heidi, welcome aboard. Well, it is great to be here. Thank you, Dr. Peek. All right. Well, so why'd you write this book with Steve? What was going on? Well, you know, Steve, who is the editor at AARP for 38 million members, uh, they received this question all the time, which was, I used to be thin, now I'm not, what's happened? And decided to write a book about it. And he called me to help with the science and to ensure, as you know, you're part of our advisory board to make sure that we are really paying attention to the science as we guide individuals to better health and well-being and physique. And, you know, one of the things that we really found out, which I have to say even surprised me because I had been under the assumption that as we got older, our metabolism changed. And that was the reason why so many gained weight. Well, it turns out that's not true. Our metabolism does not really begin to change until our 60s. And even then, it's pretty slight. And that's, but most of the time, though, 
what you can do is minimize a lot of this by also staying in, in good shape. Um, because if you just sort of let it all go, it just makes most of the changes of aging, um, you know, occur at, at greater magnitude anyway. So, well, right? Right. Well, what is true, what does happen is that we do lose muscle mass each decade, each year, really, from the age of 30 or 40 on. And so as we lose that muscle mass, that does mean that we cannot, we are not burning as much we are not staying as healthy. That muscle mass is so crucial to so many things. And as you were just indicating, that really comes from our not staying as fit and healthy as we can and as active. And so we can. there are things we can do to counter that age-related muscle loss for sure by what we eat and how we stay fit. Absolutely. No question about it. You know, um, I wanted to make sure everyone out there also knows that you're on the advisory board of the National Menopause uh, Foundation, and um, you served on the board of the National Osteoporosis Foundation for 10 years. Why, why did you pivot over to that um, part of a woman's life? Uh, I'm just curious what was going on there, because that is such important work. Um, so let's go to the menopause place, um, because we also want to talk about women um, in that part of their journey and, and their nutrition. So what got you interested in menopause? Well, I think after I sat on the board of the National Osteo Osteoporosis Foundation, and as, again, I'm going to say with this everything, as you very well know, you know, osteoporosis can occur for many different reasons, but often it's really a pediatric disease that manifests later in life. And I do so much work with teenagers in the performing arts, the School of American Ballet, Juilliard, they're a little bit older, um, but really understanding that impact and the triad, the, the, the athlete triad. We used to think it was the female athlete triad, now we know it's both, but with young women who are dieting, chronically dieting, underfueling, it drastically affects how they reach um, their peak bone mass and for the rest of their life. And once I sat on the board of the National Osteoporosis Foundation and I became more familiar with the with aging and I myself aged in obviously you know I sit and I hear women come to me and tell me stories at different ages and as I grew in my profession you know someone would come in ahead of me and I always want to believe what the women are saying but you know there's a part of you that wants to believe but it's not going to happen to me um, and then lo and behold it may have, some of the things might have happened a little later because I think I ate relatively well and tried to stay fit but life happens and there's pressures and things that pull us in different directions. And I think my interest goes where my age has gone and my experience has gone. And so I'm very, very much interested in this really what is kind of emerging science as it was, you know, sports nutrition was when I was younger. I think this whole thing of what goes on as we age, we're just kind of figuring it out and paying attention in a different way now. So it really has become a new passion. I, I love it. And I'm so happy about that um, because we've lacked information, especially as it relates to women, about what, what the heck they should do with their nutrition. So let's say a woman is 50 and, and she's starting to course through, you know, that part of her life. What are the mistakes that women classically make um, and how would you correct them? Well, what we really stress, the whole body reset really talks about is protein timing. 
And I think that's essential to maintain our muscle. You know, what happens is we become more anabolically resistant, which means we don't want to, our muscles become more resistant to building as we get older. And we need to overcome that by eating more protein more often. So for females, that's about 25 grams of protein per meal. And classically what women do is they're dieting all the time. They're not thinking about how do I fuel my body? How do I get stronger? How do I get fitter? How do I become more functional? They are often a little bit more focused. I know I'm making a generalization here, but it's based on right years of experience. We become a little more focused just on the aesthetic and forget to recognize all of the other things that we need to and want to do in our lives that go beyond how we look. Not that we have to ignore how we look, but what will lead us, I always try to teach the people I work with how to eat to manage your weight versus diet to manage your weight. And under eating, lowers, that lowers your metabolism. That makes you lose more muscle mass, which is again, so hard to maintain and put on as we age. And it's counterproductive to pretty much everything we want out of life. Right, and the the piece that's so important here is that women, you know, need to remember they have to stay independent. You have to be, you know, alert and vertical. You have to be able to take care of yourself for crying out loud, and you can't do that if you're not fueling yourself well and if you're not giving yourself the ability to have strong enough muscles to maintain physical independence. And to your point, I think I think you're absolutely correct. I think women are really hung up on the fact that their bellies are starting to get bigger and they're trying to grab the latest fad diet to address that issue. They completely forget um, about the fact that the real goal here is to stay physically and mentally fit and strong and, and you have to fuel that. Right. And right? functional. Yeah. Right. You want to be functional at the end of the day. And I think the other thing that women tend to do is they just do so much cardio, long, slow distance cardio, steady state kind of thing. You know, how long can I stay on the elliptical? Let me, you know, go for either whether it's really long walks or running or and it cardio, of course, is important and it feels good when you're sweating. But you need to balance that out and include strength training. Strength training is essential to maintain our muscles. Our muscles pull and stimulate our bones to keep our bones strong. They, it keeps us strong and functional again. So we could step up out of it, you know, get up out of a chair in our later years. There's so much in between getting up and down from the floor, being able to correct ourselves if we're about to fall. There's just so many different reasons, but strength training is essential. And that's only two or three times a week and doesn't have to take a lot of time. So I think instead of focusing only on how much cardio can I do, it would be better to take a step back and balance out an overall fitness plan. You know, it could include some agility, include some balance exercise, but to maintain that muscle, you gotta do strength training. And that muscle is the thing that will allow you to stay functional. Well, you know, I also find the strength training thing to be um, very generational, too. If you look at a 60-year-old woman now, she wasn't doing that in high school, not unless she was like an, an athlete or something. But if you look at a 20-year-old today, all day long, they'll usually say, hey, I'll meet you at the gym. Isn't you that know? fabulous? Isn't that fantastic? Well, and I, and I just... 
Isn't that great? That's yeah, and, and their training programs are rigorous, right? They're not shying away. I mean, they are doing if they if they're participating in a sport, their train their conditioning is hard and comprehensive, and it is fabulous and I, good I, for them. I, I I just love to see this trending. So I think um so much of this right now um is very generational, um and that women who are I would say, you know, 50 up, um, between 50 and 60, I think they need uh, a lot, a little motivation, instruction, you know, things like this. Um, 60 and up, definitely. I mean, that's a, a different generation. Um, but I would personally um, say that if you're in your 20s or 30s today, you know, uh, women have had enough exposure to know what they need to know. Um, so they're not shocked or they think, oh, that's just what guys do or, you know, whatever the issue may be. Um, instead, it's a very, very different world. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with that. And um, anyone who knows me at all knows that I just do the happy dance whenever we do anything that, that mentions strength training. Strength training um, is absolutely yeah, worth it. And I, and I think, you know, to your point, those women who are older, and certainly if they haven't done it before, they become very... Um, apprehensive, either about building too much muscle, not an issue, not going to happen, especially not as we get older. Um, and we don't have the testosterone, we don't, you know, we, we're not going to get that kind of hypertrophy, but also just about injury. And the idea is, you know, I even see it in fitness classes, maybe the also instructors don't all know, so many do, but some don't. And, you know, women are using three pound weights for a year. You know, you, it's fine to start with three pound weights, but the idea is that you progress. And as that becomes easy, you make it a little harder and you move up to a four pound or a five pound weight and you, you know, keep going. And I think this idea of sort of um, the apprehension, I just want to go back to the, that word, I think is the best one, the fear factor, like push yourself, you will get stronger. The studies show that our bodies continue to respond no matter how old we are. And so don't hold yourself back with some preconceived idea that you're not strong or can't do it because you can. And we're not talking about heavy duty bodybuilding. You know, that's not what this is. It is about doing enough types of resistance strength training where your body gets stronger and so you progress yourself. How do you eat protein then? What is your recommendation for eating protein um, relative to your workouts? When do you, how do you optimize the ability to incorporate the protein um, so that the amino acids, which are the backbone of protein, can actually build muscle? So when you do, are including strength training, eating after definitely helps to maximize eating enough protein right after within a 30 to 45 minute hour window. Definitely maximizes that protein use into protein synthesis to build muscle. I don't want people to get too too hung up on that based on what their schedule is. If they can schedule it that way, great. Um, but you really, again, it's important that you're getting protein at every meal as the anchors of your day. And, you know, again, we really highlight that in the whole body reset, the idea of 25 grams of protein at breakfast, where most people will eat, let's say, a bowl of cereal or a bowl of oatmeal and think, okay, that's healthy. And it, it can be nutritious, but it's not enough protein. Or they eat an egg or a small little yogurt. One, it's not enough calories. Two, it's not enough protein. So you have to hit that mark in order to 
stimulate muscle growth. And then you have to do that at lunch and at dinner. And then if you're exercising, you can go ahead and have a recovery shake or snack, whether it's peanut butter, you know, an apple, a cheese, a bar, a shake, whatever, after your workout to really help drive home that protein synthesis. Or depending if you're if you're working on the afternoon, dinner can be it, or if you work out before breakfast, though you still want to have a little snack before you work out. Um, and of course, it depends on how you work out. But I don't want people to get too hung up on that if they're exercising for you know, health and well-being. It, it definitely helps as we get older to time it that way, but I also don't want to make things complicated for people, right? And so if their general patterns can at least make sure that they are hitting it at every meal, they're going to be way better off. All right. So that being said, what are some of the most high quality proteins across the different kinds of eating plans from flexitarian to vegan to whatever. So, right. So again, give us, some the, of the give errors, us a, sort of the landscape. Yeah. So some of the errors again is that I see is that if somebody is going plant-based, they think that means plant, well, two things, but the first is that if they're plant-based, they cut out animal sources of protein, but don't recognize how to include vegetable sort, you know, plant-based sources of protein. So it doesn't just mean eating plants. You have to be sure that whether you're eating edamame, soy, or tofu, or tempeh, or, um, uh, you know, any of the, the vegetarian, the vegan sources, you have to be sure you're getting in protein. If animal sources are all bioavailable, so from eggs to meat to poultry, those are all bioavailable. Dairy is highly bioavailable as well and has is high in leucine which helps to stimulate muscle growth and it's very accessible define bioavailable for everyone meaning that it has all of the amino acids that go toward building that are needed for building muscle and we digest those proteins easily okay and what about protein powders protein powders certainly can work whey protein is one, uh, you know, really comes from dairy. So there's nothing proprietary. I think this is important to understand. In a protein powder that you can't get from food, it comes from food. So whether it's a pea protein, whether it's an egg protein, whether it's a dairy, you know, whey, any of those. So, but they can be very, very convenient and it really can help you get the amount that you need or bridge the gap between what you enjoy from a volume, from a food standpoint. So you might take a protein powder and make a shake out of it or put it in your oatmeal or add it to a pudding, or, you know, there's so many different ways that you can incorporate it that can really help you meet your protein needs. So I think protein powders can be really, really helpful, but I just don't want people to think that they're magical. Um, yeah, yeah, no question about it. It's just, you know what a protein powder, it's convenient. It, it, that's really what it is in many respects. It's quite convenient. You know, you just put together a, a nice protein shake and, you know, throw other things into it. You can throw walnuts into it, flax and chia seeds. You can, you, you know, could, um, right. throw you some yogurt some, in there, you could whatever. Put, and then you could put fruit in, you could put spinach in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be very, very complete. And very satisfying. So absolutely, and convenience goes a long way. And you know, you know, we can't we can't under overstate convenience because we right, don't want right. food to be difficult. We don't want it to be so complicated that you can't stick with it. That it's not sustainable. That it's not enjoyable, or that you that it's too restrictive. 
Right. As a woman is coursing through her 50s and 60s, do her nutrition requirements change? So one of the things that changes, as we said, is your protein needs. Two, your calcium needs go back up because now that you've gone through menopause and no longer have estrogen at a higher level, our needs go back up as they did when we were building bones. Um, so you do need more calcium. B12 becomes something that we absorb less of as we age and maybe a good nutrient to think about supplementing with or taking a one a day. And again, we cover all of this in the whole body reset. Um, fiber is something that often we just don't eat enough of. It's not necessarily that we need more often we eat less. In fact, most Americans eat about 11 grams of fiber and we need over 24. Um, vitamin D is always a nutrient of concern. And again, really hard to get in your diet. So good idea to supplement with that in a, a D3. Um, our microbiome can change as we get older. And so that's where eating fiber actually can be helpful. And that's another way where, where fermented foods, uh, which there are more than just yogurt, but yogurt's probably the easily, most easy accessible and available to um, us here. So that's important. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's more, but I think that covers a lot. Yeah, that covers a lot. And um, I think that uh, the other thing too is let's talk about calcium. So you were on the osteoporosis um, foundation board. Boy, you must've been talking about bones all day. So what about bone health? Yes, well, again, so bone health, I think the important thing to recognize is that um, bone health is through the lifespan. Some people have, have caused, have poor bone health from things that have gone on later in life, different medications or illnesses they may have, or it may be um, hereditary, it may be lifestyle driven, it may be leftover from things they did when they were younger, like chronic dieting. So there are, we do need to be sure that we're still getting in calcium. You want to, it's sort of think of it like a bone bank. If you have a really good bank, I mean a, a bank account and you're still earning money, you don't have to take out so much. But if you're not, if you don't have money you have to take out, you're going to deplete your, your bank account. So even if you start out with a good bone bank, but you're not taking in calcium as you get older, then you're going to be taking it out of your bone bank and you could deplete earlier than you would want or, or create a more fragile bone. Still, if you do get tested, um, if you have a fracture, you absolutely should assess whether or not you have osteoporosis because it is not just, everyone does not fracture even from a fall. Um, and you may need to take a medication. You know, the thing about osteoporosis, like hypertension, you don't see it. You don't necessarily feel it. And so you do want to get assessed and if you need to take a medication, listen to your doctor and take a medication. I think one of the things that frustrated many doctors was um, some bad press out there that over what would exaggerated some of the side effects and would scare people when the real the, the real damage, you know, would be getting a fall that can have life consequences, um, both financially, functionally, emotionally in every which way that the numbers are actually pretty staggering. Bone is just so important. You also said, um, and, and explain this, osteoporosis is a disease of childhood that manifests in adulthood. 
So for all of you out there who are listening and taking care of young girls, you know, recognize that again, young girls, we just talked about how like that generation is doing a lot more strength training, but there's still a lot of dieting that goes on. And for girls who are in this chronic you know, engaging dieting or engaging trends where, you know, there's so many popular diets out there that vilify dairy. Um, And you don't have to eat dairy to get in enough calcium. But, you know, one of the things I hear is that, um, well, other countries don't eat much calcium, don't eat so much dairy. Well, they might not, but they eat a lot more food from the sea. Like they'll eat fish that have bones in them, right? Or seaweeds or so. There are different sources, but it's much harder through, through greens. So my point is if they're if they're going on these these young girls are going on these different diet trends that avoid dairy or cut dairy out, they may not be reaching getting in their calcium and getting in their calories. And low energy availability, the triad, absolutely begins to then disrupt your hormonal system. And these young girls who stop getting delayed menarche or stop getting their period for three months or more because they're in this energy deficit, they're not taking in calcium, they end up not reaching their peak bone mass. We build our bone up to 90% of our bone is built by age 20. And then we finish off in our 20s till we reach the peak bone mass, the most bone we're ever going to have for the rest of our life. That has to last us the rest of our life. So it's so important at an early age. And so when there's chronic dieting and and not getting in the nutrients you need, you may not reach peak bone mass and that affects you with early osteoporosis or early or or poor bone health later in life. I just think that's such an incredibly important message that everyone out there here um you know, uh, good lord, you don't even think about it. You think you're immortal. And once again, it's so fascinating that when young girls, you know, young adults and teenagers um, are starving themselves and uh, are really looking more at the external appearance, well, guess what? Flash forward, so are 55-year-old women. Yeah, body image. Body image is a tricky thing because it does start very early on. And, you know, studies have shown that, you know, eight and nine-year-old girls already are talking about being on a diet. They may not be changing their behavior quite that young, but they've already internalized those messages. And so I don't know how to, I mean, I I work all the time to help young girls change the way they approach. Like even in sports, you know, when I'll talk to girls and say, why are you talking about what you look like in your skirt on the field hockey team on the way home versus the goal you made? You know, that's what the guys are doing. So, you know, really, really, again, it, we, we use these terms like empowerment. It's a complicated issue because it goes throughout our society on the objectification and the visualization and the aesthetics. And everybody, it's good to be, uh, you know, vain, vain has a negative connotation, but it's good to care about how you look. I want you to create your personal style and sense of st- self, but we all have different bodies. So if I ate exactly as you ate and I exercised exactly as you exercised, I still would not look exactly as you look. We do have genetics that differentiate us and we just have different builds. And it's just what do we do with the body we have and not just what we look like. I love it. I I absolutely love it. So really, at the end of the day, what this book is really saying is, um, one, pay attention. Pay attention to protein intake. 
um, in a big way, but also as a woman is coursing through, you know, her life journey is, you know, during really vulnerable times when she's younger, when she's also, you know, like flash forward 30 years when she's already in her menopause and perimenopause. Um, that's another time to really look at all this. You know, it's so interesting. How many of you out there in the Herb Podcast land think about um, the time when uh, women, you know, or and yourself, this comes out of your lips too, say, oh, I'm going to save all my protein until dinner time. You know, and then you have a nice, you know, fish filet or, you know, whatever you're going to have. And you forgot to feed yourself throughout the entire day. How many times have I sat across a woman at, at lunchtime and all she's doing is picking through, you know, and pecking through um, a salad with absolutely no protein there. And I'm just mystified. So would you just stop doing that? <laughs> Right. Make it's me sort of happy. Like, you know, look, if you want, if you want a salad for lunch, have a salad. But that salad is replacing a sandwich, you know, or to, so it needs to have beans in it. It needs to have, you know, some kind of starch. It needs to have protein in it. So whether it's chicken, whether it's cheese, whether it's turkey, you know, you have that. That can be a meal if it's a meal. It's not it, a salad is either a side dish or it's a meal if it has all of the components of a meal. Right. And I think that's a right. And and um. And I, I do, I think women tend to undereat during the day. And then also let's talk about the other part, which is somewhat disordered eating. Like they undereat during the day, then they eat dinner, and then they keep eating after dinner because they're so hungry. Like the, I call it residual hunger. It's yes. like, you know, you've eaten dinner, but you're still hungry because really you haven't fed yourself all day. Right. And, and you know, we're come on, that's so last year. Let's stop starving right. and, so and instead fuel up, you know, seriously, just fuel up for crying out loud. Um, because this is so terribly important. So are, are there other messages that you could give women who are 50 and over? I'm going to give you a little hint. It's too late. I'm a mess. Yeah, right. It's never too late. And right, it's never too late. We all can, we all can find ways in which, I do believe in body acceptance. Again, you know, really understanding our genetics at some, at some point making peace with our bodies. Cause we're, even in the whole body reset, we're not asking you to change your body. You're not gonna become a different person than you've been your whole life, but you can be your, you know, your strongest, best self. And that never changes. So whether you're really looking, that that, that opportunity never ends. So I think, you know, if you're just looking at small changes that you can incorporate, we talk about protein or adding, trying a different fruit, trying a different vegetable, beginning, you know, look at your fiber. We talk about fiber a lot, you know, making sure you have five to seven grams of fiber. By doing these small things, by shifting the focus to what you can eat, what you can add, not worrying about what to avoid and what not to eat. Look at what you can eat that will be pleasurable and satisfying and nutritious and support your ultimate goals. And I think when you shift your focus in that way, it really makes a, it, it opens up a world of enjoyment, of being able to socialize, you know, and go out to eat, enjoy your food at home, plan ahead if you're still working, you know, whatever your scenario is. And planning is actually a big part of it because I think people don't think ahead and then get caught off guard. And in, in fact, in the I whole, don't think there's any question. In the whole body reset, we we have all different um, 
fast food and convenience food type of restaurants to show how you can eat no matter where you are, as well as recipes um, and an exercise plan, you know, is all in there. I, I, I just think that that you can always, as long as you're breathing, you could figure out a way to to tweak and um, and do better, you know, for your health and well-being. I, I, I just love, love, love this. No question about it. Um, I like the holistic and integrative approach um, more than anything else. And, uh, you know, so what's your parting comment to women out there? Here they are. They're, they're kind of like, oh, my gosh, um, you're telling me that I should be handling my health and I need to be able to stay independent. Yet at the same time, I want to be attractive. Uh, I just want to give up. So what are you going to tell them? <laughs> I think there's a difference between having some self-compassion um, and self-acceptance without being, um, oh, I'm, I'm not being able to, see, I need some, I need more greens. My cognition is, and I can't pull the word out, but th that compliant, what it's complacent, complacent. That's the word, you know, you, you, you don't have to give up. You can't be encouraged, feel empowered, know that you do have, I, you know, control is a strong word because I really try not to use the word control too much, um, around, sort of management. You can manage. There's a lot of things that we can manage well and that we can do small steps to improve and each of those small steps add up. So so feel good. Know that know that we can choose how to, you know, I, well, I tell this story uh, often, but I really think it's a, I get, uh, it's a strong one, which is when I was sitting in a, in a presentation at one of the annual conferences at the American College of Sports Medicine, one of the presenters said, what you do now will predict your vitality 10 years from now. And that has just stuck with me. So when I'm not feeling so motivated today, I think of my future self and my future self says, hey, pay attention, right? Take care of me. And so it, it, it motivates me. And to understand that the choices I'm making today and it's not about guilt and it's not about being, you know, overburdened. It's just small, small choices and small steps all build up and patterns over time. And so you can do it. I love it. I love it. I just love it. So what can people do? First of all, I want people to know more about you. So what website can they go to to learn more about your wonderful work, Heidi? Thanks. So they, I'm at um, HeidiSkolnick.com or NutritionConditioning.net. That's a little harder to, rec to remember versus my name. Um, at Heidi Skolnick on Twitter and on Instagram. And and it's Heidi Skolnick. So I'm going to spell that. That's Essence as in Sam, K as in Kiwi, O-L-N as in Nancy, I-K. It's Heidi Skolnick. And again, you'll see her everywhere. She's everywhere. Um, and really, uh, kudos to you on this wonderful book that you have written um, with Steve um, and all the work that you put into it, um, to say the least. Um, we all appreciate it in more ways than you'll ever know. So, Heidi, thank you for being on the Her Podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Peek. It's a pleasure. Keep spreading the word.
Heck yeah. And everyone out there, run on over to iTunes, rate and review the show, and let's spread the word. And listen, I'm waiting to hear from you, so make sure to do that rate and review, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Her Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, and all of the major platforms we everywhere. Thanks for listening today. Please stay safe and stay well.